The West Photo Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to the West Photo Podcast, hosted by the West Photo team. Me, Anna Sphere John, and the fabulous Livia Smith. West Photo is a photographic agency and picture library. We provide bespoke photographic printing, set up collaborative art projects, and offer editorial and design services. Throughout this series, we will be interviewing individuals from the visual arts, discussing their career and relationship with photography. This week, we were fortunate enough to chat with Sebastian Nevels. Nevels is a highly regarded editorial and landscape photographer whose slick technical and creative ability has landed him clients such as The Guardian Weekend, Telegraph Magazine, National Theatre, English National Opera, Channel 4, ITV, McLaren Magazine, Audi, Wired, Royal Ascot and Shortlist. Before branching out as a freelance photographer, for many years Nevels worked as a first assistant to the photographers Tim Flach and Nadav Kander. During this recording, we were able to get some great advice from Sebastian with regards to working as a practicing photographer, and we hope it helps others who want to start a career within the industry. Thank you again to Sebastian for being such an informative guest, and we hope you enjoy the interview. A little side note, from time to time you may hear some banging as we were recording near some building works, so apologies. Happy listening. I think it was my probably my grandfather who he always had cameras it was a big always taking pictures at family events and he gave me his old Pentax I think I was like 12 or 13 and that um, just being given it and having the opportunity to shoot it was really exciting so mm-hmm. I went straight out shot rolls of films just to friends and things nothing in, uh, spectacular at all but that, that was my like, first moment of getting into it especially with film yeah. Um, which was great and then a few years later my um, uh, uncle of mine is an artist who's a painter and but he takes pictures generally of a, a landscape and he'll use that as a reference and he said to me um, we should go out and take some pictures so I did we went down the local canal it's where I used to walk the dog and um, I'd never really looked before he, he really stopped me and said look at the landscape look at your surroundings and um I think that was the first time I really realised, instead of just taking pictures of people thinking how it should be done, I actually started to consider what I was taking pictures of. Yeah. Um, and I think I was around about 14, 15 when that happened. And then I, I was kind of hooked. I always had a camera with me. <laughs> yeah. Friends skateboarding. It, it didn't matter. It could have been anything. I always had the camera with me. So. And then so did you go on to study photography as well? I did, yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, I struggled to get through the uh, process to get onto the, uh, I think, AS level. I think that was getting, that was the first taste. Um, and then at that point, I never really thought of a career. I was really into design. I still am into design, but... Um, I never thought of it being a career until later on when I left school and uh, mm. a local uh, photographer needed help in his studio. So I started working for him and I realised how much fun it was and getting to meet new people, share their stories. and Yeah, it fascinated me. Um, and that really, that's where it kicked off really as a career. 
And um, you photograph a lot of public figures. I'm curious um, how you go on about that. Do you ever feel nervous? How do you break the ice? Uh, you do. I think nerves are a good thing. Yes, um, I do feel nervous. I don't, you don't always want to break the ice. Sometimes that, <laughs> uh, that nervousness in the room can really help. It's a bit tricky. You you do go into it with an idea of how someone is, even though you've never met them. You might have watched them on on screen in a drama or yeah. politician or on TV, and you, you kind of watch them and you try not to, but you definitely build a picture of them. And when it comes to photographing them. People change in front of the camera. Uh, I, th I, yeah, I find the whole portrait sitting fascinating because I'm not just using straight light usually. I'm usually lighting it, trying to do something a bit more interesting, a bit more stylized. And when that happens, I've got to wrap my head around the technique and what I'm trying to do um, whilst engaging with the subject, though, and getting what I want out of them. So um, it can be tricky, and especially with people who aren't used to it, you have to coach them through it to get what you want. But generally it's good fun. I always have nice fun portrait shoots. Do you sometimes plan to meet them beforehand if it's like a big shoot you're going to do or do you usually prefer just going in there and uh, straight into it? Generally commission wise uh, it's you straight in there. Um, I have met people before we have discussed things um, more creatively what we're trying to do. Um, I'm never trying to suss them out as an individual, uh, <laughs> nothing like that. But um, yes, yeah, sometimes you do, but a lot of the time with commissions, you've got 15, 10 minutes with this person. You better be ready because you've got to get, you've got to get the shot. So, and that's the exhilarating bit. That, that's mm. really exciting. That's like the prep, building up to a moment, and then you've got to, you've got to deliver, which is great. I love that. So you've assisted. How important would you say it is for aspiring photographers to assist? Uh, there's definitely two. I feel like there's definitely two routes. There's the straight out of uh, sort of education, or not even education, and just progressing your personal work, and that can take off for you. I think it's quite competitive that market, um, and you're. It, it can be difficult to get into the commercial world, definitely. Um, just because it is such a craft that you need to learn um, and it takes time to, to develop that so assisting someone I feel is fantastic you can learn the whole creative process um, I do think it's it was the route I wanted to go um, I was very interested in the history and the craft of photography and I felt I wanted to learn as much as I could before I went out there um, I enjoy the uh, so many aspects of photography. It's always fascinated me from uh, landscapes to portraits, commercial work, um, it, it, let's say artists using it in a completely different way as well. Um, it's, it's just the whole scope fascinates me, so I wanted to learn as much as possible. And it's like, um, it's like an apprenticeship being a first assistant under someone. Eight years, I think I did in total. Um, it was a long time, but when I left, I felt so assured that I kind of knew the process, knew the industry and it did allow me to go straight in and, and um, contact people confidently and say I'm available now and I want to work and give me the jobs, like I'll do something new and, and, and that, I don't think I would have had that experience if I hadn't assisted. And so you've been solo now for two years, doing your own work, how's it been? Uh, good, good, ups and downs, uh, as always with freelance work, but mm. um, it's been 
It's been really good. I've been fortunate to get some fantastic clients working commercially. Um, with just really creative projects with creative people working yeah. on creative yeah, um, yeah as I said products it's, it's great working for the theatres and the TV channels their the product is creative it's not like a toothbrush or something that you're struggling to make interesting so it's really exciting for me and there's a lot more freedom which I think is great um, and off the back of that it's given me space to go and do my personal things travelling shooting landscapes uh, developing stuff yeah it's, it's, it's been a great two years I've really enjoyed did you feel like it was possibly a, a leap of faith at all yeah definitely I mean I'd spent eight, as I said like you spend years and years and years building towards something and yes you take pictures along the way but you you don't know if you can actually do it. You might get there and all of a sudden, oh, no, I'm actually very good at this. Like, <laughs> I just spend my whole life trying to get to this moment and it's, it's not going to work for me. Um, so, yeah, I was very nervous, very, very nervous to start with, um, which I think is a good thing because it really pushed me to make sure everything I did was as best it could be, sort of thing. So, yeah. So was there a kind of a moment that kind of came where you were like, okay, this is it, I need to finish with assisting and do my own thing now? Uh, yes, definitely. Well, I, I, as, as you mentioned, I was assisting uh, before Nadav, and I was actually assisting a guy called Tim Flack, who's mm. an incredible photographer, um, produces some incredible work, um, and very technical, and I'd learned a lot by that point. Um, I was with him for nearly five years, and it was only just by fluke I heard... Nadav was looking for someone. I'd always held uh, Nadav up. I'd loved his work, I'd loved the sensibility. And I just couldn't turn down the opportunity, so I contacted him and managed to get a position with him. But he wanted someone for three years minimum. He was, uh, it, it has to work both ways. I'm learning off him, but he needs someone who can, he can rely on and mm -hmm. build trust with, and that doesn't come instantly overnight. So he said three years, and while I didn't expect to assist, for another three years um, I was willing to do it because of the opportunity um, so I knew in answering your question yes there was an end date for me I knew at three years I was, I was going to leave and do my own thing it's comfortable I mean you're when you're working with someone like that there you're working with some of the biggest brands the, the best creative teams from around the world so your your view of the industry is uh, the top the cream and you get to go to incredible locations meet incredible people um, so yeah it, it, it's hard to leave that because you suddenly drop and go back to the bottom but ultimately it's I want to get back up there myself it's going to take it takes a long time it takes 20 years to get like back up there but that's the aim and I knew you have to drop down you're never going to slot straight in at the top yeah. do you think some people assist for too long maybe yes yeah I do I know some very good, incredible assistants who are mm -hmm. um, phenomenal photographers in their own right, but they just haven't made the leap. And they, they've got the ability, they just haven't, they've never done it. They haven't, I, I don't know what it is that stopped them doing it, they just haven't done it. You, you kind of, you can encourage, but ultimately it has to come from them, it has to be a mm -hmm. personal job. Yeah. I do think, kind of having, or assisting myself, that it is probably also the comfort of knowing that you have that day rate, that income, 
that security that not everything is kind of sitting on your own shoulders. And as you said, some people make it to the top and assist the top photographers and maybe they're scared of stepping down and mm. doing their own stuff. Yeah, you can make good money as an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> you can make really good money, yeah. so um, it's, it'd be hard, yeah. Mm. I, I drew a line under it. I was very much finished with Nadab. I did a few things with him to help the transition, mm. um, but pretty much called that a day on assisting. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I've got to do it. I can't mess around. I can't yeah. be half and half. So, um, and that that was hard. That was like really cash flow was a mess, um, and it takes a while to get over that sort of of course dip. But for me, it was the way I felt the only way I could do it. Yeah, um, yeah and it is hard as you as you mentioned. It's the security. Mm. People are struggle to leave it. Yeah. You mentioned briefly working from DAF and you know being involved in some really cool projects. Could you explain a little bit more about that and some of your favourite works that you did with him? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's Nadav kind of works in so many different fields and areas, um, and it's one of the reasons I loved his work um, and his whole practice because he's able to turn his style and his sensibility to a lot of different areas. So something that recently has been on show was the, the Thames Estuary series that he had that was shown at Flowers. Um, um, I was with him for the start of that. Uh, he continued just after I left actually to finish it, but that was a fascinating ex experience to see him work in the field. Um, and we, yeah, we went out there quite a few times. and when you look at the images, they're not straight images, um, they're very stylized, um, like a lot of his work is. Um, they're not meant to be representations of the place, they're more of a sense of the place. Um, so that was great to work with him and see how he developed a personal project um, over time. So I really, really enjoyed that. That was lots of early mornings driving down the coast mm -hmm. waiting for fog, trying to get fog um, mm -hmm. and just researching the Thames Estuary, it's got such an incredible history yeah. just to yeah, just to read about all the different places all the goings on um, nearly getting arrested because we were photographing near a power plant <laughs> we were walking down the beach at one point and, and his his agent called him and said, the police are after you. And we're, like, we're in the middle of the Thames Estuary. We're like, what do you mean the police? And they're like, they somehow, they'd seen us photographing. They'd been on his website. They'd found his agent. They'd phoned the agent and they said, we need, a, we need to contact him. So the police wow. came and they were undercover police. And we didn't realise it. it was, I think it was a nuclear plant or something so they were like oh we, we just have to check everything out it was all fine but it was yeah <laughs> 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 trying to down the beach so that that was a that's one side that was a personal thing which you that you're not bound by anything so it can go in any direction and what was interesting with someone like him whose work has such a range I was interested to see how he what he came to fix upon and how the work developed. So it was quite, that was really fascinating to me. Um, opposite to that, uh, working for Wired magazine in the US, they had a, uh, Bill Gates was guest editor, and we had to photograph Bill Gates and Bill Clinton in New York. So usually you only get one sort of high-profile person, but two, it kind of complicates things. But Nadab's used to this, he's shot 
Obama many times. He's done Donald since then. Yeah. He's done many past presidents. So he was fine with it. But for me, it was just being the assistant on that. It was the biggest one to date because obviously I'm there to assist and facilitate him. If I do something wrong, it knocks onto him creatively and, and it can be bad. So for me, that, that was very high pressure. But I get a buzz out of that. So yeah, <laughs> it was great. Really, really good. And they were fantastic. Very short, though, really brief. Um, it was during the Clinton Global Initiative meeting, which is a huge thing. So these get slot in, and you've only got five, ten minutes to to get the picture. So. Oh my gosh! Um, and he, and Nadab, being a, a, as good as he is, he's he's getting the cover shot, and then he's doing these extra portraits, and he just manages to capture these moments, which. Mm-hmm watching you just you don't see but we've only been there five ten minutes and he's managed to get these incredible individual portraits as well as the the group shot so um yeah i I like the high pressure things as an assistant you kind of have to love that though yeah these kind of moments where you have to make quick decisions and act fast because otherwise things won't work out yeah 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 that's yeah it's being part you you are i think part of the creative process and you're having a direct impact on it so and, and you can help things or you can you can definitely hinder things as well <laughs> yeah. I think that's why it's really important and beneficial for those wanting to make a career in photography because uh, as a role assisting you can take on so many different um, tasks whether that's technical production stuff and then like you said the creative roles as well and it's just a multitude of things that you can get involved in and be very hands-on with yeah. so often. Definitely. Something I found really... I chose the full-time assisting route instead of the freelancing. I did uh, uh, freelance enough with people over the years, but for me it was I wanted to be with someone for a long period of time to mm-hmm. see projects through, especially personal projects. They were really important. And also the creative process is, doesn't start when the shoot on shoot day. It starts months before... Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to creatives and art directors, developing ideas, um, and then pitching ideas, coming back, tweaking them. How are we going to do the lighting? How are we going to do this? Which models? Like, there's such a process there that happens, and I wanted to learn all of that. And I think sometimes as a freelance assistant, you you don't get to be involved in that. You just turn up, and there's been yeah. this whole process that has happened that you've not seen. So. Um, I, that, that's and, and that's when going back to going by yourself and have the confidence how I can, I, I know the process mm-hmm. I know how to interact with the art directors and the creatives I know how the agency is structured in a way with account directors and uh, copywriters mm-hmm. art directors I know each person's role and the the possible conflict that can happen and who I need to talk to about what so that's, that was really valuable um, Definitely. So, do you, do you think that's something that's dying out a bit, having a full time first assistant? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do, I do. I mean, photographers are, don't have their own studios anymore. It used to be a done thing, you used to get yeah. your own studio, but that's, it's so difficult to buy a house now, let alone mm-hmm. have your own studio in central London. Um, so, yeah, I think people are having less and less full time people. I think that's so important to be there and kind of see this entire process and learn the craft through this process because sometimes I feel unfulfilled by just freelancing as an assistant because yes you do learn about technique and lighting 
but I do feel like that creative aspect gets lost. When I look at my education, I think um, I always thought I'd go to university of school and learn the technique, and I was like, why? And I came out at the end, and I said, I haven't learned how to light anything. I can't go shoot something because I don't have a clue what I'm doing, mm. which drove me to go assisting, but looking back now, I go, well, that wasn't the whole point. The whole point was to learn ideas, how to deal with concepts and yeah. build things like that. Um, I wish someone at the time had shaped me and gone, don't worry about the technique, just get the thought process and how to um, come up with ideas and execute them is the key thing. Mm. Um, and, yeah, as you say, in assisting, it's hard to, hard to get that, especially freelancing. But tell us a bit more about your, your personal work. What are you working on at the moment? I've got a few things going on. Last summer I went to uh, Mount Etna. Uh, it's something that's really excited me. It's, t it's taken a long time, but I've, I've had it planned for a few years. Went to Etna, camped on the mountain, walking around, shooting 5.4, medium format as well, but also a little bit of digital, just trying to figure out what the hell I was doing up there. Um, I knew I wanted to do something there. And I've come back... And I've started um, creating these landscapes with the images I took. They don't exist. They're from different parts of the mountain, and they're kind of collaged together. And what interested me when I was on the mountain, I was talking to people, and they said, this volcano is forever moving. It's, if you can imagine, it's a hot spot under the tectonic plate, which doesn't move, but the plate moves over. So it's never a static thing, this mountain. It's always changing. And I thought well, that was quite fascinating, and I wanted to bring that into the work, hence over-layering the pictures. And mm. It's been really exciting to do, and I, I want to go back. Um, I was hoping to go back sooner, but I've unfortunately not had a chance. So I will be going back um, to continue that project. Um, so that's one thing I'm doing. Um, I don't know what that will be at the end. I'm still in the midst of taking the pictures and going through the work, so... We'll it's exciting. It yeah. So is a lot of the collaging happening in the dark room? Or? Uh, it's... No, I, I'd say it's digital, everything okay. I'm doing. It's quite clean collages, so you wouldn't necessarily know, unless I told you there were collages. I'm also layering That's stuff in from paintings, which um, I'm really excited about doing more. They've mm. been worked really successfully. There's little things in there that if you look close enough, you you'll see elements from paintings that reference and stuff, and even layered in, so, yeah. It, it's really exciting as a project. I don't know what it's going to be, but, yeah. Do you think it will most likely be an exhibition piece? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I'm not pushing for that. Mm. Um, Just enjoying the work. Yeah, I mean, if people want to see it in an exhibition space and hang it in their homes, that's fine. I don't know if the work's going to be relevant, culturally relevant. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. It, it, it's hard to know. There's a lot of people putting work on the wall that necessarily mm. doesn't need to be on the wall. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because uh, our photography degree was very much within the arts. It was a very kind of um, fine arty course and the way we were kind of told to think about the project is kind of envision what it's going to be. Will it be a book or mm. like kind of an exhibition piece or Will it be for the screen or whatever? What will the output be? So it's quite interesting to approach it from that point of view where you're just playing with it and seeing what forms it might take on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm working in a... I'm working with a medium I know, which mm. is uh, photography and prints. So yeah. I'm not going to start knocking up paintings. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of... It is what it is at the end of the day. 
Um, of course, yeah. yeah we'll is it just um, you going up there and shooting? Have you got anyone assisting on the project at all? Just me, just me. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I, when, when I went to the top, I had a guide with me who uh, just made sure I wasn't walking into any spots I shouldn't be walking <laughs> Get into. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But... Uh, and I'll be going back to use the same guy because he was he was great. He really he's, grew grew up there, knows the mountains so well. So he was very useful to have, very helpful to just get me to different difficult spots that you wouldn't want to be wandering around by yourself. Yeah. A lot of your um, commissions on your websites are mainly portraits. We're curious to hear more about the landscape work. Is that mainly your personal work or? Uh, I've done, <clears throat> there's been a few commissions with landscape work, um, but yeah, you're right, it's mainly portraiture, mainly because the industry mm. generally needs more portraiture. Mm. Showing, <clears throat> taking my book around and showing art directors and creatives, they see the portraits and they can think about jobs that they've got, and mm. then they look at the landscape stuff and they go, we probably commissioned, we had one job last year for a landscape photographer. Okay. And so th there's just not that much work out there. I, I get so much enjoyment from the landscape work. I'm always, everywhere I go, I'm, I want to take my camera and I think, can I get a picture there? Um, much to the dismay of my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> commercial-wise, yeah, mm. it's tricky. Um, there's not much work out there. So... So do you find the need to pigeonhole yourself as a commercial photographer or to specialise in portraiture, for instance? Uh, it's where I came from. Mm. Um, it's, what I, it's what I knew. Um, I used to, when I was really young, the first job I got was in a portrait studio, which was ten families a day, <laughs> churning through it, like, crazy. And then from that, just moved on and up and up and up till I got someone like Nadav, who doesn't shoot anywhere near as much, but... It's still, yeah. it's still the portrait. Um, yeah, it's something that I've always had with me and has fascinated me. So I do enjoy the portraits. And it, you have to, people say you have to specialise as well. Mm -hmm. People want to know what you can do yeah. food, travel, cars. Yeah. So if we were to look at your book, would it mainly be portraits and then a little bit of landscape? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, yeah, a few landscapes that felt appropriate in between just to hint at it. But mm. yeah, it's pretty much. Um, portraiture or location portraiture you mentioned briefly uh, about taking your book around it seems at the moment like a lot of like young photographers are getting picked up on like their instagram feeds and things like that and portfolios aren't really a, i mean i don't know if it's just made a thing anymore would you encourage young photographers to make a portfolio and just approach agencies just on the fly or does it not really work like that anymore no it does I printed a traditional book. That's where I came from, so mm. it's what I did. So when I go and see people, um, I like to show them printed work. Printed work looks fantastic, as, mm. as long as it's printed well. Um, yeah. mm. <clears throat> a book is so tactile and nice to turn. Hence, the photo book is still thriving at the moment. People love it. So I think something physical is great. I would encourage people to do it. I think going through the process of editing your work is so important. So looking at your work and thinking how it's going to go in a book and how the pagination of it, um, mm -hmm. I think is a really important thing to be able to do. Um, yeah, and it, you said Instagram. It, yeah. It's true. It's oh, websites, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but it, yeah, yeah. website is most important now. Yeah. More than your portfolio. I've, I, I get jobs where people don't even see my book. They'll book me for something just based on what's on the website. 
um, and that's been campaigns as well, which uh, is strange. I tell some of the uh, people I know in the industry who are slightly older and they're, they're amazed that that, mm-hmm. that sort of happens because traditionally they used to call in 10 books, look through them all, keep three, present three to the client and then so your book would be with them for ages and yeah. I, I, that didn't happen to me. They were just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the website's fine, don't worry, we got what we need. So. I don't know, maybe in, within the kind of photography art world, I feel like portfolio reviews are very much encouraged still. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And I would encourage people to do that, to get mm. feedback. Or that the, um, there's so many people working in the industry that have got so, who are so willing and, um, and have the opportunity to give amazing feedback. Um, so yeah, definitely go out there with a book. I'd really, really encourage it. Mm. I think it's a really good idea. And you do, I do have a book, and it's done me very well. Mm. So yeah, I think it's a good thing. So you're meeting people face to face. I think that's a yeah. benefit. Yeah. All the work, all this work at the start, you only ever get by meeting people. So yeah, get out there and meet people. Yeah. That's the best. Just go and 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 what's great is people come back and they tell you the work mm. they like, and you suddenly get an you can get an overview of what's yeah. working and what's not working. Um, you might not agree with it all the time, but if everyone's saying the same thing, you need to take that on board because generally you're seeing people, paid professionals in the industry who yeah. know what they're talking about. So, um, and, and they'll give you reference. They might say, oh, um, if you show your portfolio and you've done a, you're working on a body of work, they might say, have you seen this artist? They did something, and you may have never have mm-hmm. heard of that artist, but these people have... Yeah, a fountain of knowledge. You want to tap into that, definitely. Yeah, it's a whole different thread of schooling, isn't it? You know, kind of think that all this sort of stuff comes from like crits and things, but you know, networking can also get a lot of mm, yeah, great yeah. information. Yeah, the photographers gallery do loads of great meetups and uh, for people developing ideas halfway through projects, which is a great thing to do. Um, there's yeah, there's loads of photo festivals happening, photo meet. Yeah, definitely. Get out there and just get involved sort of thing. It's yeah. it's there for the taking. I'm curious, um, I forgot to ask earlier, having been an assistant yourself, how do you source your own assistants? Is it through contacts or people you've worked with in the past? Yeah, it is. Um, definitely. I've got people I've worked with when I was assisting, who I used to call to help me as a second or third. Um, I'll phone them up if I got on with them, if I thought they were any good. But there's different levels to what I require from an assistant. Mm. Sometimes I need someone to uh, do a lot, and then sometimes I don't need them to do much. So uh, if I don't need them to do much, generally I'm, I'm looking for someone maybe younger or less experienced. Um, want to give them more opportunity, I guess. And then uh, obviously the budgets are a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of budgets within assisting at the moment then. Um, I'm talking with a, a close friend of mine who's a, an assistant, he's been assisting for a long time and we're trying to figure out something we can do about that because we're, we don't like what's happening or been happening um, so we're trying to change that but that's a different thing, that's completely different May I ask what exactly you're referring to? Uh, just the, let's say the working conditions and rates of pay for assistants okay. in terms of what they're doing on certain jobs so mm. um, there's a lot of people taking advantage of young people who are, don't have the confidence to stand up for themselves. It's an unregulated yeah. market. There's no union. The film industry has its yeah. union. People are protected by uh, the union itself. 
the photography industry doesn't have that. Generally, assistants are young and they're working for older people yeah. who can promise them things. Or yeah, so it, it's it would be nice if there was a uh, something that everyone could agree to in terms of uh, working practice and rates of pay. So. Definitely, and I think also there's always this when you first get started as an assistant and you don't necessarily have all of these names that you can list, you will have to agree to do a number of things kind of for free which, for the which, experience. Which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You shouldn't... I mean, if you're needed, you should be paid. That's true. I mean, you, you, if you want to work for free, that's fine, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that... I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone... It's not like the unions where that you have to yeah. work on. I'm not looking for that. I just think um, there's a lot of people guilty of saying, oh, you have to do a trial before I pay you. Yeah. And they just stream through people, trialling and trialling, and they're never really going to use anyone. They're just mm-hmm. taking advantage of the situation. Um, and then people just saying, I haven't got the budget, and paying quite low mm-hmm. Marking up the what they're sending to the agents and keep creaming off the top. I don't think that's right. I do feel like a lot of the time I hear the excuse that, but we're not getting paid either. So the, I don't know if that's true or not, but I hear a lot of people saying that they've assisted and it wasn't necessarily paid, but then the photographer didn't even get paid because it was an editorial, but everyone's going to get a feature or whatever. So that I wonder whether that's an issue within the creative industry itself that even a lot of photographers are being expected to create work that isn't necessarily paid. That's their own choice. I think it's unfair to shift that onto um, an assistant. I mean, what's an assistant going to get out of the day? Yeah. Nothing. They're not, they've not got no creative product. That photographer's coming out with a picture. They're, they're in it for a reason. Of course. They're not going to do it for no reason. They need Either they need a product... Maybe they haven't done any work for months and they just want to put something up, like, oh, God, at least I've shot something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... You can't expect... Uh, yeah, and it's not much money. With, we're not talking much money. Photographers yeah. make that decision. I've done shoots. I've done loads of editorial shoots where... Um, you could, in theory, turn around and go, I'm not getting paid. That's because I chose to blow the budget on getting the shot right. Mm. Um, that's my decision. I can't pass that on to you. Yeah. Like, you can't suffer because I've made these choices. Um, it's, not, it's not fair. With, I understand that photographers might end up working for free, but mm. that's, you can't pass that on to the assistant. No, I completely agree. I mean, at the end of the day, they're probably the... The people who are struggling the most on set financially. Yeah, it's the people so, at the bottom get squeezed, mm. and that always happens in lots mm. of different industries. So um, we just want to kind of create something that gives them a bit more of a voice and a bit more of a guideline. So well, do I just keep us up to date about that? Yeah, that I sounds will. really good. <laughs> I've been chatting about it for a long time, and mm. we've only recently um, actually got ourselves. It together. That's awesome. Just to finish off, if you could give your younger self a piece of professional advice, what would it be? Oh my. Uh, <laughs> going back to what I said about developing my own ideas in uni and the projects, that I wish I'd done more of that. 
where I am now, I look back at uni and go, God, I wish that I could go back and take that, have that time, have that period where I could just focus on anything I want without any distraction. Um, you've, you're in a position with financial support. You're, you're given the creative freedom to produce something. Mm. And I, did, I, I wish I'd produced something at that time and I didn't sort of think. Um, so yeah, I'd love to have gone back and really focused and looked around me. I mean, you, you think about that period of time and you're in such a unique position. And I, I look around, no one was producing work about them or their friends or their life. And they were always looking up to other people and what they had done and thinking, maybe I could do that. When the whole point is it's meant to be a, a reflection of yourself. So mm. yeah, go back and say, shoot something really personal to yourself about you now if that's important to you um, when I was younger. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.